Welcome to the Open Up Cricket Podcast. We're talking sport, fitness and mental health. In this episode, we're going to be having a consideration of social media and the impact it can have on mental health and well-being. I think what's happened recently in discussions across all areas of of media is that people have focused a lot on the drawbacks and indeed whenever I do sessions with opening up and might have a a chat with people afterwards uh, about their own experiences people particularly those who are uh, have young people in their care will look to social media and question how bad the impact of that can be what kind of things it might trigger or prompt within people But I'm going to attempt to go through some thing of a balanced approach to this and and look at the the benefits as well as the um, the drawbacks. I think, and again, just my view, what I would say, um, and I'd be, be interested to hear what other people think about this, is that... I think that the the benefits of social media are there, very obvious, but they should always be a supplement to other kinds of connection. We shouldn't use social media as a replacement for genuine, authentic conversations and interaction with people face-to-face. They can facilitate that. They can be a useful replacement when it's just not possible to see someone in the flesh. But hiding behind a keyboard or a, a phone screen isn't really the way that we would think of uh, of living our lives if we if we looked at it in a dis, dispassionate way and most of the things that pop up in the ways to well-being and things that are good practice for your mental health do involve being active being in the company of people engaging with things and social media is something which can if used in certain ways, distract from that. But I've done a bit here to to look at some studies that have been done on this, both good and bad. But if we start with um, some of the, the, the benefits, and we'll go backwards and forwards between the two. Social media certainly opens up an ease of connection. You don't need to be someone's gran or granny to work out how far technology has come from the fact that when I was at school and then at at college the internet was something which was not a default in your day it wasn't something you would use automatically most people uh, I suppose when I was starting secondary school 1997 wouldn't have had the internet at home at at school or college it would have been that the connection was quite slow you had the old dial up and things like this so people didn't rely on the internet as much now we have it as an everyday feature of our existence and the advent of the smartphone and people carrying that amazing technology in their pocket means that we have the opportunity with just a few seconds worth of maneuvering our finger on the screen to connect with people the other side of the world to also connect with people via an electronic device who might even be in the same room or the same building but it is a great ease of connection. And from the experience of open up cricket, and I'm, I would imagine groups in similar positions, it's given an amazing opportunity to connect with lots of people who we would not have 
bumped into otherwise, whether that's in in the internet or in the real world. We've managed to make some brilliant uh, advances, talking to people, sharing ideas, and then going on hopefully to meet them. Uh, And that comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, that I think a really important aspect of social media is the introductions that it gives you, not just necessarily the um, social media being the only way that you connect with people. So for us, it's made our ability to to, to reach new clubs and, and new people so much easier. And I think about the sessions that we've had booked in over the years, they will all have been through the internet and, and and more exactly social media. I don't think that means that there wouldn't have been any of those sessions without it, but certainly the ones outside of our immediate vicinity where we started would have been unlikely if it wasn't for the connection that social media provides. And to give something science-based to support the benefits, um, in 2015, there was researchers at the Pew Research Centre in Washington, D.C., and they were looking to find out if social media induces more stress than it relieves. And I think that would be something where people might look at social media and the way people use it and think, oh, it, it could be a creator of stress. But overall, within this, the researchers concluded that social media use was linked to, in quotes, modestly lower levels of stress um, now I haven't read the whole report I don't think um, I have for any of these things but that would link to the idea of venting or getting something off your chest perhaps, social media being an opportunity to connect with like minded people, to perhaps reinforce your views to give some comfort to saying I'm not the only one who thinks in this way, whether that's about politics, sport, whatever so that was an interesting one to start with, to look at some of those those benefits to back up the idea that social media can be a really good supportive area. Uh, I know a lot of the the people that that we follow or follow us on on Twitter, for example, have some great connections with people who have been able to provide signposting links and resources f- uh, to help them with with mental health issues. So. It certainly isn't that we would look at it entirely negatively, but I'm just going to spend a bit of time uh, guiding through some areas where research has found that there are drawbacks. What's key to remember is that the study of of the impact of social media on the on the mind is in its infancy. There hasn't been, from what I can see, any really serious, heavily sampled bits of research that have been done there's been there's been small scale studies that show that indicate something or support an idea but it doesn't seem to be that there's anything that can really definitively say it although as time keeps marching on it may well be that someone's not too far away from that one of the areas then that often anecdotally people think about social media is that it causes it can cause anxiety it can it can make people's feelings of of being anxious escalate so it might not be the sole cause but it can accelerate or it could make things worse Uh, a study published in the journal computers and human behavior found that people who report using seven or more social media platforms were more than three times as likely as people using naught to two to have high levels of general anxiety symptoms but they did within this uh, not be able to say in any clear manner 
uh, if and how social media causes anxiety. There was just that connection between people who use multiple social media platforms. Now, a couple of things that got me thinking there, seven or more social media platforms. What do we include as social media? For me, in my head, when I was thinking about this initially, it would just be, say, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But often these studies will include messaging tools such as, well, Facebook's Messenger, WhatsApp, I guess even LinkedIn would be included in this, or other ones which might be on a sign of like a a more local level that people use. So we don't have any shortage of platforms in terms of social media. And I can imagine, again, this is just thinking from personal experience, that the more that you are on social media and the more that notifications might be going around or notifications might not be, that that can cause a little bit of anxiety. Why is it that this has gone quiet or why is it that suddenly I'm getting all this this uh, interaction? Researchers from a university in Romania, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, reviewed existing research on the relationship between social anxiety and social networking in 2016. And their view, really, by the end of, of their work, was that more needs, more research needs to be done. So that's a couple of years back. Um, and some things have been, have been looked at. So uh, researchers from the University of Pittsburgh asked uh, 1,700 18 to 30-year-olds about their social media and sleeping habits. How many people listening to this will find that the last thing they do at night is scrolling through their Twitter feed or looking at Instagram photos or watching videos on Facebook? Or indeed, the first thing that they do in the day is something related to those areas. Or, and I found this a couple of times, middle of the night, woke up for whatever reason, can't quite nod off, so go on your phone half two in the morning, three, whatever it would be. Now, these researchers at the University of Pittsburgh found a link with sleep disturbances and concluded blue light had a part to play. So the stuff coming off your screen. How often the participants logged on, rather than time spent on social media sites, was a higher predictor of disturbed sleep, suggesting an, an obsessive checking an exercise that might scare you, but is really interesting to do, is to note down how many times you do check your social media. I've put my social media icons into a folder on my phone, so I've got to go in to get them. I also don't have notifications coming through, which I thought initially would be a really good thing. I'm not going to be distracted by notifications going in. But then there's that kind of, air of mystery where I think oh I wonder if I had a notification I wonder if this person's replied or whatever it would be so however you're prompted to check on social media try that over a 24 hour period how many times do you check it is there anything else in your life that you check as much as that is it something which you do out of habit or is it something that you do because without doing it you feel a little bit odd and you feel like you're missing out on something but on the other side researchers from microsoft surveyed 476 people and analyzed their twitter profiles for depressive language linguistic style engagement and emotion from this they developed a classifier that can accurately predict depression before it causes symptoms in seven out of ten cases so 
what we put into social media can be something which is a help in in terms of our health. You think about on Facebook, there's um, the option to ask for recommendations for something or someone just putting a message up saying, does anyone know a good window cleaner or a good plasterer in the region? And people reply suggesting different pe- bits, and, bits and pieces. So that to then extend towards mental health in in looking at symptoms and, and, and so on is an interesting development, certainly. And the convenience of social media alongside this is something where you can think about if you are struggling with something and you want to reach out and you want help or you just want to let people know something is going on and it's not particularly wise with your time to try and contact each person individually, the platform's there for that as well. Marketing researchers, uh, Berger and Buchel, I think that's pronounced right, found that people who are emotionally unstable are more likely to post about their emotions, which can help them receive support and bounce back after negative experiences. Um, you know, emotionally unstable makes it sound very dramatic, but I think there'd be some truth in that. People can think about who shares what on social media and and so on so that again is focusing very much from the the positive side to see that people can receive support that's a way of letting someone know that you need that help on the other side and i think that as i move towards the end of this just brief chatter about about social media and and, and mental health is that i think two the two biggest detractions that social media um, has is that yes it can eat up a lot of time and and cause people to have these anxieties about notifications and obsessively checking but also something that's really really sad is that social media sites um, according to a a survey of 1500 people by the disability charity scope um, social media sites make more than half of users feel inadequate and half of 18 to 34 year olds say it makes them feel unattractive. Or you think about it that someone posts a picture on Instagram or wherever it be and we look at that as if when we see it for the first time it's just a quick snapshot of what's going on. But people will be looking at themselves before they post a picture they'll be looking at the filters they'll be checking that they've they've got the right look and trying to present themselves in the most positive light they can and that's natural when you're taking a picture you don't want to put something up which makes you look awful or tired or or whatever but this and i saw this on a, a video i think it's a great way of describing it you've got to remember that other people's social media feeds aren't there aren't there behind the scenes they're not their ugly moments they're it's their highlight reel and everything will be carefully selected in some cases people will spend a long time over making sure that the picture or the story is fitting a narrative of them having a great time i've observed more and more now that i'm 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 onto it people's people set up for using social media so i was in a uh, a restaurant where there was a, a group of people who were having what looked to be a fairly okay time. There was some some smiling, some laughter, but it was certainly not one where you'd think, oh, these guys had a right, real good time. Yeah, I wish I was part of that. And at one point towards the end of the meal, they wanted to take a picture. 
and there was a little bit of rehearsal about what was going on and then the waiter took the picture and I looked over um sort of half about the side of my side of sideways glance just to make sure I wasn't checking that I was obsessing over what they were doing but they all then put on these amazing smiles and and looked so much happier than they had for the half an hour 45 minutes that went before and then everyone receiving that picture would think, oh, they're having a great time, I wish I was there, or, what am I doing tonight, rubbish, I'm sat in watching Corrie, or whatever. Now, if people think about that, it it, it does, I think it's, it, it can be quite saddening to think of people having to make themselves look really happy and, and excited for a social media picture or, or video, and then probably just go back to having a, an okay time when maybe they're distracted from what they're what they're doing by the fact that they're um they're worrying about you know it does their story going to look right is this going to show that they're having a good time that people want want to spend time with them so we have that certainly um and yeah you have your particularly instagram the big growth of this people will be posting pictures of them in the right light or or revealing bodies that people would aspire to and would look at their own and think that actually they they feel inadequate and it's easy to say to that oh well come on you know you just got to get over it everyone looks different but if that's someone who's particularly sensitive or vulnerable to these thoughts at a certain time that can just compound it and also i i, I mean I, it's easy to say this must just happen only with teenagers, but I'm, I'm sure it happens with people of all ages that you put a post up and you receive only a modest amount of likes or comments, then that can start making you think, well, what is this? It's a very visible way of understanding if you're popular or not, or what you say is something that people are interested in. Whereas perhaps we can hide behind it a little bit more if we conduct our lives a bit more privately but it is great to share and it's lovely to see when you've got a friend who's on holiday something you know they've been saving up for it's something they've been really looking forward to and they post a picture of them in this this resort or wherever they are and you do want to think oh that's fantastic and you want to comment and you want to like and that's a great bit of it where you can really feel happy for someone but just on the other side those things can also make people receiving the pictures if they're in a bit of a slump they feel a little bit worse about it so that that research by scope's quite um instructive i think in terms of supporting that um 2016 study by researchers at penn state uni similar thing suggested that viewing other people's selfies lowered self-esteem because users compare themselves to photos of people looking their happiest yeah you don't put a picture up where you're looking just pretty pretty bored um, or you might do, but it would be accompanied with something witty to get an engagement that way. Research from the University of Strathclyde, Ohio. Oh, no, University of Strathclyde, comma, Ohio University and University of Iowa also found that women compare themselves negatively to selfies of other women. So there's a great quote. Usually these quotes get attributed to Mark Twain. I don't know whether he said them all or not, but the quote goes... Comparison is the death of happiness. Looking at others and thinking that they've got it better. And one of the great mental fitness techniques of gratitude is something that runs away from that quite destructive thought process of this person looks nicer than me or they've got more than me. 
gratitude gets you looking inside yourself and around you and thinking, well, actually, what I've got is pretty special compared to so many people in the world or in the history of the world. And maybe social media used in a certain way can chip away at that a little bit. Now, my big one, probably my, one of my pet hates, and I'm sure older people listening to this will will concur, is how the phone or the mobile phone, and, and if we think of your average use of the phone, what you, what you do with it, increasingly I think most of my use of my phone is linked to social media. Oh, my little browser, the BBC Sport or, or whatever. But a lot of it will be, if I'm getting a notification, it'll be through one of those social media platforms. If I'm prompted to do something or, or I prompt myself, it'll be through there. So this is linked to the, 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 the hate, maybe that's a strong word, the, yeah, go on, hate, of people having their phones out all the time at dinner, in their hand when they're talking to you and saying as they type on their screen, I'm listening, carry on. Well, you're not really, are you? Because whoever you're messaging or whatever you're messaging at that point in time is more important. You can't give your attention truly to two different conversations at the same time. That's why I have started where possible, and I'm sure I slip into this number glorious hypocrite is if i've got to do something or i feel i've got to do some form of use of my phone i'll try and get myself away from a group if i'm with them maybe even go in the toilet and just for a minute or so do that so that i don't have to be that person who is interfering with the dynamic of a group we get very used to having phones on the tables people have them in hands you see so much on Instagram stories, people taking a picture or or, sh- or video in someone, and the other person's on their phone as well. Uh, it, it is bizarre if you break it down and think, if you've got someone in front of you, why would you then want to be speaking to someone who's not even there? Why would they be more important? And of course, in some cases, it would be more important to speak to someone elsewhere, but that person in front of you has feelings and is probably being impacted by that. But we all seem to do it, and as I say, myself included. But yes, it is a bit of a time eater, and it does cause us to drift away from being in the moment. I've mentioned gratitude, and the other key area to mental fitness is being present, is being mindful of what is going on at that time. Because your body's always there, but your mind can drift to the future, drift to the past. I haven't been to a music concert or gig for ages. Whatever reason that that whatever reasons that there are for that. But when I was last at one, I was irritated. I got over it, I enjoyed the music. Irritated by the fact so many people filming it on their phones or, or iPads or whatever and thinking, first of all, why not just you're there now, watch it, listen to it, enjoy that And secondly, if you're then watching it back later, shaky quality and so on, you had your chance to watch it first time round then. And if you were that obsessed with getting it recorded, I'm sure the band or the whoever would be able to um, would, would would be able to have something on their YouTube channel or what have you. So, yeah, I, I'm. That's one way you just think people are drifting further and further away from actually being in the moment. And social media will have us perhaps eye spying on someone else's here and now, but take us away from what we're doing. 
It is a great distraction if you're on a train or you're on a bus or wherever you're waiting for something and there's nothing going on to dip into the virtual world and use that. Of course, this is not a campaign or, or, or having a go at the internet. But when something is going on clearly and presently, social media can perhaps re- can perhaps be something which has got you into there. You know, you've found out about something because of social media. You've connected with something because of that. But we should be really for mental fitness purposes, mental health purposes, in that moment enjoying it rather than then retreating back into the the safe isolation of social media. But I guess to finish, and this is, again, always this is to try and get people to to think about something a little bit more um, and maybe go away and do some reading or just um, examine it. And most of those, if not all those studies that I've mentioned, have just pulled off an article, I think, on the... BBC website that you might well have read on anyway. But my final thing to finish would be that a key element to good mental well-being is being connected. Social media can produce a version of this, but the authenticity of face-to-face conversations where you're able to see people's reactions and empathy and maybe even have a reassuring physical touch is the best way of getting this. So social media is a vehicle to towards other things, in my view, rather than just being something that's there and we exist through it. Hope this has been interesting, thought-provoking, whatever. Please send any comments or what have you through the usual channels. And otherwise, I'll look forward to speaking again soon. Goodbye.